0: Chapter seven of the old tobacco shop. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox dot org. Recording by Nancy Cochran Gergen, Gilbert, Arizona. The old tobacco shop by William Bowen. Chapter seven. The hands of the clock come together. It was some minutes before Freddie recovered from his astonishment. Certainly this was a strange sailor man, and he had come all the way from the China Sea at a puff of the Chinaman's tobacco? Certainly magic tobacco, that. But it was a pity that Mr. Mizzen had been called away from the China Sea, all for nothing, while he was so busy gathering boxes to box compasses with. No wonder he had felt put out about it, and it must have been a queer sort of ship, with its shutters and all those skippers and mates did they really like to knit and sew after they had got the ship to going it would be a wonderful thing to sail in a ship like that he wished he had thought to ask mr Mizen more about it he must tell aunt amanda at once he ran to the back door and burst into the back room crying out aunt amanda aunt amanda was sound asleep in her chair with her head back and her mouth open the gas was burning brightly overhead and the clock was ticking away distinctly on the mantelpiece aunt amanda cried freddie she awoke with a jump blinked her eyes and said ha where's the whats the who said where's toby what's the matter it's me aunt amanda cried freddie breathlessly and the sailorman's just been here and gone and i called him with the pipe and i can call him whenever i want him and he gave me a piece of paper and he talks like a singing book, and there's a parrot that stutters, and they have to bail out the water with dippers because the ship's named the sieve, and we mustn't lose the paper because the runaway sailor wore false whiskers, and he feeds on tacks instead of pins, and we have to hold on tight to the paper, and one of the men on the ship is always late, and we mustn't lose the paper because... Stop, stop, said Aunt Amanda. What on earth is the child talking about?' What's all this about a sailor man and a paper? He's the one that brought the Chinaman's tobacco from China, and he gave me a piece of paper, and here it is, and we mustn't lose it because... One minute, Freddy. Now, you just stand right there, perfectly still, and tell me about it slowly. Now then, what about this sailor man? Slow, slow. It was a long time before Freddy made her understand exactly what had happened but at last she did understand from beginning to end. She was grieved and horrified that he had smoked the tobacco, but there was no help for it now, and she was too much excited by his tale to scold him very long. What's the paper he gave you? said she, when he had told her everything. Freddy put the paper in her hand, and she unfolded it carefully. Why, said she, it's a map. "'What kind of a map?' said Freddie. "'It's a map of an island,' said Aunt Amanda. "'Where's Toby? I wish you would come home. "'It looks like an island, and there's writing here on it. "'Looks like some sailor man might have drawn it, maybe. "'It's certainly pretty old. I wish Toby would come.' "'What's the writing on it, Aunt Amanda?' said Freddie. "'Well, here at the top it says, Correction, Island, "'and under that it says, Spanish, Main bless me that's where the pirates used to pirates said freddie his eyes sparkling yes pirates of course you've heard of the spanish main haven't you yes'm it's a long way off you have to go there in a ship have you ever been there me me been to the spanish main mercy sakes no child what would i be doing on the spanish main i ain't been outside of this town since i was born wouldn't i like to go there pirates said freddie oh jiminy you mustn't use such dreadful language said aunt amanda i wonder where toby is just look at that clock why bless me it's twenty-seven minutes to seven freddie looked and saw that the hands of the clock were together one on top of the other it was the hour for mr punch's father to call mr punch from the church tower toby's got to talking with that barber again As sure as you live, when they once begin, they never know when to leave off. I wish he'd, as she said this, the door opened, and in walked Mr. Toby himself. Sorry I'm so late, he cried, but the barber got to talking about. What, young fella, are you still here? He turned and called through the open door to someone behind him in the shop. Come in, make you acquainted with my aunt and a young chap here. Don't be bashful, come right in nobody's going to eat you mr toby held the door wide open and made way for a little gentleman who now advanced into the room he was a hunchback man of the same height as toby and he was holding out in one hand a bunch of black cigars he was bareheaded and bald-headed he had high cheekbones and a big chin and a hooked nose he wore blue knee breeches and black stockings and buckled shoes and his coat was cut away in front over his stomach and had two tails behind down to his knees his joints creaked a little as he walked he made a stiff bow to aunt amanda and another one to freddie come in mr punch said toby you don't need to hold them cigars any longer give em to me and he took them from mr punch and laid them on the table he then went to mr punch and linked his arm in his "'and the two hunchbacks stepped forward together "'and stood before Aunt Amanda. "'Allow me to present my friend Mr. Punch,' said Toby. "'Just as I was coming in, I heard a voice sing out, "'Punch!' from the church tower, "'and Mr. Punch stepped down from his perch, "'and I invited him to come in, and here we are.' "'Good evening, Marm,' said Mr. Punch. "'His voice sounded harsh, as if his throat were rusty. "'Good evening, young sir.' It's wary pleasant within doors, wery pleasant indeed. I can't say it's so bloomin' agreeable out there on my box. Hall day and hull night. The gaslight is weary welcome to my poor highs, I assure you, marm. I trust I see you well, marm. Mercy on us, said Aunt Amanda, who had been speechless with astonishment. Freddy, it's Mr. Punch himself. Bless me if it ain't. Freddy edged a little closer to Aunt Amanda, for he was afraid Mr. Punch might snatch him up and carry him off to his father in the tower. Mr. Punch noticed this. "'Ave no fear, me good sir,' said Mr. Punch, his wide mouth expanding in a smile almost to his ears. "'I shan't see my father this night. If me kind friends will permit me to enjoy their society for a brief period, together with their charming gaslight,' which it is weary, dim all night in the street and quite unsatisfactory. Accordingly, most pleased to accept me friend Toby's kind hospitality, I assure you, one grows quite cramped in one's legs and one's arms when one has to remain in one position on one's box all night, unless one's father should take hit into his head to call one up for a bit of a lark, and one can never be sure of one's father having it in his head to call one up to say nothing of one's fingers come in stiffer and stiffer with one's parcel of cigars eld out in one's and and no ad on one's ed and no air on one's ed to defend one against a evenin hair with one's nose dropping hysicles in winter so that one never knows when one will lose one's nose off of one's face. excuse me said aunt amanda it was evident that mr punch was a talkative person are you an englishman oh lor miss indeed said mr punch a Hinklishman as ever was i assure you but i opes i give myself no hairs freddie gave up trying to understand the difference between air and hair it was plain enough that the bald-headed man had never given himself any hair so it couldn't be that anyway this was an englishman and freddie was glad that he would now probably have a chance to hear english spoken "'which he had never heard before. "'Toby,' said Aunt Amanda, Freddie has seen the Sailor Man from China, "'and he has a map. "'I'll tell you about it.' "'Thereupon she related the story of Mr. Lemuel Mizzen "'as she had got it from Freddie. "'Mr. Toby and Mr. Punch were both tremendously impressed. "'It's too bad,' said Mr. Toby. "'This young fellow here had to go and smoke the Chinaman's tobacco "'after I told him not to. "'It's too bad.' "'That's what it is.' "'What did you mean by it, sir?' "'It's a wary, naughty action, indeed,' said Mr. Punch. Wary, reprehensible. "Weary, reprehensible. "'Wary. "'I can't say I ever heard of a thing so extremely reprehensible. "'Now when I was a lad—' "'You don't say so,' said Mr. Toby. "'Well, I don't see anything so very bad about it. "'I'd have done it myself if I'd been in his place.' What do you mean by saying that my Freddy's reprehensible? I won't have nobody calling him names. I won't. And what's more? No offense, Toby. No offense, cried Mr. Punch. Sorry. I assure you. Weary reprehensible of me to say such a thing. Weary. Pray be calm. Be calm. Well, then grumbled Toby. Don't you go and say nothing about Freddy, because... Anyway, let's have a look at the map at that moment there came a timid knock upon the door who's next said toby come in chapter seven recording by nancy cochran gergen gilbert arizona